Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, November 2nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Hazelwood School District investigates where students live at a rate higher than any other district in the St. Louis region. And they're looking for what officials call educational larceny. Emails from frustrated families show how the investigations may unfairly disenroll children. It certainly indicates a watchfulness and a distrust and a perception that people are trying to go to the school who don't have a right to go there. Coming up, the Midwest Newsroom's Kayvon Mansouri and St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke report on those investigations in the Hazelwood District. A property tax freeze for St. Louis County seniors will go into effect. County Executive Sam Page did not veto the bill by yesterday's deadline. The county council passed the measure last month. Page says he still has major concerns with the state law that allows such freezes. I uh, support tax relief for seniors, uh, so that bill will become law. I did not sign that bill because the state legislation is fundamentally flawed, and I expect we'll be talking about it for a while, and I hope the legislature will work in the coming session to fix that. Page and other critics say property tax freezes could make it more difficult for cities, counties, and school districts to pay for basic services. St. Louis County's version was approved after the bill was rewritten to include a cap on homes worth more than $550,000. The president of the St. Louis Board of Aldermen is suing the city. Megan Green's case stems from the police response to the 2017 Jason Stockley verdict protests. The former police officer was acquitted in the killing of Anthony Lamar Smith. Green joined demonstrators in the Central West End. The suit claims police fired tear gas at the peaceful protesters who took cover in a church. Green says any money from the lawsuit will go to a fund recommended by the Ferguson Commission. BJC health officials confirm patients who enroll in health insurance on the open marketplace will have an in-network option this year. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports the health system has a last-minute plan with insurer Aetna. Cigna this year announced it would no longer offer marketplace plans for patients in Missouri. Many local patients who buy insurance on the open market chose Cigna because it was accepted in-network by BJC Health. That's the system that includes the region's largest hospital, Barnes-Jewish Hospital. Washington University health economist Abigail Barker says the lack of competition in the St. Louis region likely contributed to the insurer not reaching a deal with the health system. If you have three or four health systems in a metropolitan area and you also have sort of a similar handful of, of insurers, that's got all the potential for inefficiency on both sides. A BJC spokeswoman says the system's informing current Cigna patients of the change. I'm Sarah Fentum, St. Louis Public Radio. Many transportation workers in Missouri are in line for a significant raise. The Missouri Independent reports a Cole County judge says the state's Highways and Transportation Commission is allowed to give large increases to reduce turnover and bring in new employees. The judge ruled a market adjustment plan is allowed under language in the Missouri Constitution focusing on the state road fund. Administration Commissioner Ken Zellers had blocked a $60 million plan to increase salaries prompting the lawsuit. An appeal is possible. The state's attorney general's office tells the Missouri Independent that the ruling is under review. Ballot items that would chip away at Missouri's abortion ban are still tangled up in legal limbo. 
But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports, some Republican officials are debating when the measures should go before voters. Two groups have filed 17 proposed ballot items that could scale back Missouri's abortion ban. While there's currently court fights over how these measures are described, some Republicans believe they should go on the August primary ballot if they get enough signatures. GOP political consultant Greg Keller says that move could deprive Missouri Democrats of any turnout bump from abortion rights proponents in what usually is a lower turnout election than November. So I think that the damage, quote unquote, damage to Republicans is going to be limited. Proponents of any ballot measure legalizing abortion will need to gather roughly 171,000 signatures to make the 2024 ballot. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. At least three state lawmakers are running to succeed Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, who is vying for governor. That includes Republican State Representative Adam Schwadron from St. Charles. He wants to make sure the state has fair and trustworthy elections. Schwadron says he would stick with more accurate machines instead of requiring hand-counting ballots. To me, it's just a snake oil pitch. It sounds good, but in reality, it just does not work. Schwadron made the comments on Politically Speaking. The episode is posted at stlpr.org. State Senators Caleb Browden and Denny Hoskins are also running for Secretary of State. Missouri's Department of Corrections Director is stepping down. Ann Presythe will leave the job December 5th. She's been with the department since 2017. Presythe is retiring and planning to move back to North Carolina. The state will announce an interim director within the next month. A North County school district investigates thousands of its students every year to identify families lying about where they live. Advocates say the investigation rate is troubling because it could be targeting vulnerable students whose housing is unstable. The Midwest Newsroom's Kayvon Mansuri and St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke have more. Students are arriving on buses, in cars, and on foot at Walker Elementary in the Hazelwood School District. The district enrolls roughly 17,000 students. We're here because Kate and I found records that show Hazelwood conducted more than 2,000 student residency investigations last year, many of which were students right here at Walker Elementary. Staff for the district conduct surveillance at school, bus stops, and even homes to see if students actually live in the district. The Hazelwood School District is looking for something it calls educational larceny, also known as residency fraud. It's when a student or their family lies about where they live to go to a better school. Hazelwood's number is way bigger than what we found in other similar districts in the region. And records show only 15% of those investigations proved the student lived outside of the district. Educational justice advocates worry that large number of investigations creates a culture of suspicion. Lunch aides, bus drivers, like teachers, like every grown-up in the school is supposed to be on alert for kids who might not be living where they say they're living. That's Hopi Fink, an attorney with Legal Services of Eastern Missouri's Education Justice Team. They provide free legal help for families who have issues with their schools. Fink represented several students that Hazelwood investigated. Some were even disenrolled while living in the district, leaving them unable to enroll elsewhere because that itself would be residency fraud. They were out of school for weeks as legal services worked to prove their residency. There's just a loss of education, but I think psychologically also it's it's been difficult. The the, um, you know families we've spoken with feel 
not wanted. They feel um, discriminated against and targeted and surveilled, and um, it is really intrusive. But Hazelwood officials say they have to investigate to protect the school district and its students. That's right. At a recent school board meeting, Assistant Superintendent Chauncey Granger reinforced the staff's work. The residency department ensures that all students that enroll and attend Hazelwood School District have a legal and legitimate right to be educated in Hazelwood. The department presented numbers showing the recent spike in investigations. Since the 2018-2019 school year, investigations increased eightfold, from just 148 to 2,051 in a single year. Neighboring Ferguson Florissant School District had about 67 investigations in a recent school year. Assistant Superintendents Granger and Lynette Jackson told us a rise in falsified enrollment documentation is one reason for the spike in investigations. That's educational larceny. And so we're really trying to protect both students, families, and ourselves to ensure that we have the correct number of students or correctly identified students in our district. But neither Jackson nor Granger could give us the number of times the school district received falsified enrollment information. Now, legal advocates worry many of the students being investigated are actually just struggling with unstable housing. For instance, a student might be staying in a motel, with a relative, or moving from home to home throughout the week. If so, they'd be eligible for protections and services under a federal law ensuring homeless students get equal access to education as their peers. In fact, records we obtained showed more than 100 families filed appeals with the school district, many complaining their students were incorrectly disenrolled for weeks. We talked to Barbara Duffield, who is the executive director of Schoolhouse Connection, a national nonprofit that works to help schools provide services to homeless students. She worries how Hazelwood's practices affect kids. The first thought is like, are you my kid or are you somebody else's kid? you know, do I have to serve you? That frame, that lens doesn't lend itself to one of um, building trust with families, making families feel safe and making them feel like they have resources to get help and get help their children get an education. Instead of having a whole team investigate students, Duffield wonders what those same resources could do for kids with unstable housing in Hazelwood. For the Midwest Newsroom, I'm Kayvon Mansori. And I'm Kate Grumke. St. Louis Public Radio. That story comes from St. Louis Public Radio and the Midwest Newsroom. That's a collaboration among NPR and public radio stations in Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, and Nebraska. Before wrapping up, the Muni has unveiled its lineup for next year's 106th season. The seven shows include the Muni premieres of Lin-Manuel Miranda's In the Heights, and Waitress by singer Sarah Bareilles. The outdoor theater in Forest Park will also produce Disney's The Little Mermaid, Fiddler on the Roof, Les Mis, Anything Goes, and Dreamgirls. That's Jennifer Holliday from the original Broadway cast of Dreamgirls. The Muni season starts in June and runs through August. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Theme music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.